thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Name of our new series is No Place Like Home. It's got a little uh, Kansas vibes, right? All right. Uh, But we've got a new home coming. Uh, and uh, uh, a few things on this. First of all, we're going to start a new series over the next four weeks, and we'll, we're gonna, I, I want to just take a room out of the new building and talk about uh, a vision for our church in terms of an idea, like I'll talk about prayer today with the room being the prayer chapel, and just kind of anticipate um, going into our new building because... We're going to go youth conference here. I want you to turn your lap into a drum roll because I'm going to announce the date that we're moving into our new building. Are you ready? Here we go. Old school. Here we go. Come on. No, more, more, more. March 3rd, everybody. March 3rd it is. Woo! There it is. And so <laughs> we have been uh, seven and a half years um, portable and God has provided this space through you and your generosity. And I, I think there's something kind of biblical and fun about seven years. I don't know. I think the, the glory years are coming, everybody. But let's give Jesus a shout out, everybody. Come on now. Just so excited about that. So we'll be in here at Fiorella's all through February, uh, but that's only a few more weeks. Hey, we've had people setting up and tearing down for seven and a half years. Can you give the Dream Team a big, big shout out to all of them? So great. And so if you come here that first Sunday of March on the 3rd, uh, we are not here. Uh, we're over there. And so uh, I'm so excited. I don't know if you can tell. I'm elated. I'm, I'm going crazy. I'm, I'm so excited. Anyway, um, can we give a big hand to our trustees? We met this week and decided we're going to move forward. And, um, so anyway, so Pastor Paul was just talking about uh, painting, getting ready. Here's, here's kind of how we're looking at it. We're going to move in and and it's early, so when you get in there, uh, it is true. It's a fixer-upper. Uh, but we've got about 25 years, you know. we got a long time to keep fixing it up. And so, and I, 25 years, I was thinking, you know, I'll be about 70. So anyway, um, that's my goal, is get it fixed up uh, before then. Anyway, uh, so I'm very excited. Hey, um, today uh, we begin our spring small group semester, which is a 13-week process where we invite everybody to not just be here on Sundays, but also get into a small group. And so would you invite, would you give a big hand to Pastor Hal as Pastor Hal comes and uh, he's gonna pray over our small group leaders. So good. So good morning. And today is the start of our new spring semester. So if you haven't yet found a group, it's terrifyingly important. I'd like to preach about it six hours, but I'm not going to. But you can sign up out there today. We start the new groups. And I'd like to ask, would all the small group leaders and all the discipleship coordinators, would you all stand? Mitch, that's you. Okay, yep, okay, good. I saw you wondering. Okay, good, good. In just a little bit, we're going to take time. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and clap. If you're going to clap, go ahead. That's good. All right. We have, we have 60 small groups at, and counting. But in a moment, we're going to pray for all these. But first, I want to give you just a little bit of perspective, we're developing 10 hubs. I want to explain that. 10 hubs. At the center of each hub 
is what we call a discipleship coordinator. I have the privilege of meeting twice a month with each of these to the best of our ability, sometimes more, sometimes less. And what we work on is we, we work on helping each other in our relationship with the Lord, ours. And we help each other work on our relationships with our family. We help each other work on our relationships with what we call pre-disciples, like our neighbors, like the people we work with, because we don't go to work to make money, we go to work to make disciples. We go. get paid for it, sometimes. <laughs> Not good? So we work on all those, and then we work on how to help each other do better in our small groups. So we work on all those things. I work with the discipleship coordinators, and then the discipleship coordinators work with all the small group leaders in their hub. It averages out to be five or six at this point. They do the same thing with their small group leaders that I do with them. And then the small group leaders are being strengthened, equipped, encouraged, helped as they go and meet with those who are in their small group. So little by little, and it takes time, we're building radiant disciples. There you go. Got it? So... I would like to ask someone who's near one of all of these people who are standing up, someone put a hand on them. Would someone just reach up, put a hand on them? And then I'm going to ask all of us to reach out our hands toward one. Don't reach toward five, reach toward one. Pick one, and let's take 15 seconds, and let's intercede, intercede for the one you're staring at. Can we go? Let's go. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I praise you that there is never a prayer wasted. That's good. And these prayers will make a difference. You will release help, anointing, guidance through these prayers. I praise you. I thank you. And we commit together. We commit and believe for a whole church full of multiplying, radiant disciples that will change our communities. And we praise you. Amen. Amen. So good. Thanks, Dad. All right, if you have your Bibles, uh, let's go Colossians chapter 4. We're going to start this new series. I want to talk about a place to pray. Uh, and it's kind of a, a transition message because we've been in this series called Praying Church. And then I'm basically starting a new series with this first installment being on, on prayer. Uh, but let's read this, and then I'll pray, and we'll go after it today. Colossians chapter 4. Devote yourselves to prayer. There's that simple. Devote. Strong word. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So devote yourself to prayer. Be devoted to it. Why? Why? We want the door to open for the gospel to go forth. And so that's what I want to pray for, uh, for us as we go into this new building, that there, it be, we be a place to pray so that we could be a witness to our city. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you so grateful for the way that you have been at work um, in Kansas City for years past. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're at work right now. We thank you that you will be at work, Lord God, for years and years to come. And Father, we ask that you would find us faithful in our day, in our time, to be close to you, to labor in prayer faithfully. 
Lord, to see a mighty move of God in our city. And God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, God, to uh, make priority prayers of the saints coming before you and believing. And in that space, God, I ask that there would be uh, early morning prayers. I pray, Lord God, there would be prayers at night. God, I ask, Lord, that there would be people that are driving by on 135th and see uh, what's going on up there. And they walk in and the presence of the Lord is in the room and they fall to their knees and surrender their lives to Christ. God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would use us to pray up there and then walk through the neighborhoods and pray over houses. God, we ask that there would be uh, prayers for the nations, prayers for the 1040 window, and prayers for uh, the, uh, all the people who've never heard the gospel. God, I ask that that would be a powerful place of prayer. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would do it in our generation. I pray that you would do it in generations to come. We honor you and we love you. And everybody said amen. One of the most famous evangelists in really American history is D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody spoke to large crowds of up to 30,000 people. Uh, he had a, 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 a single mom. He had, there was nine kids in his family. And so he got about a fifth grade education and turned out to be this incredible evangelist, laborer in the place of evangelism. Yet one of the stories about D.L. Moody is that he was a man of prayer. And so D.L. Moody kept a list in his pocket at all times of 100 different friends and family that did not know Jesus. And he would pray every day for that list of those 100 people. And in his lifetime, 96 of those people came to know Jesus. And at his funeral, the four that were not the 96 were present at the funeral. And at his funeral, those final four gave their life to Jesus. And so D.L. Moody is known in history, not just as a great evangelist, but as a great intercessor. And where I want us to kind of lock in with today is what would have to take place? What would have to, what would have to be tweaked in our mind to where we would be willing to be a person of prayer? Not, not just as a church, but if you would take it on in your own life. So last week, uh, as I was coming to the end of the message, I said, hey, what would happen if uh, the way the NFL challenges kids to play 60. Well, and so it's 60 minutes of playing each day for the sake of exercise. What would happen if each person at Radiant took on pray 60? Pray 60 minutes a week. And so that would be about nine minutes of praying each day. I had a lady in the last service come up to and tell me about how they've built that with their family and they've started to build that even this week. And I kind of want to come back to that and just say, what would it take for that to be a quick yes in your heart? So last week I said, how many of you would be willing to do the pray 60? And, and, and so what I mean by that is I'm not just talking about like devotional prayer. So in addition to your Bible reading or in addition to your devotional prayer to labor as an intercessor, to labor in the spiritual realm and pray for people that need Jesus. So the DL Moody style, like Maybe you take three minutes where you pray for family members and then three minutes where you pray specifically for people at your workplace and then take three minutes to pray for uh, unreached peoples around the world. Uh, I, this week, I, 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 I 
got maps sent. I'm going to bring them in the future, but there's so much going on today, I decided to wait. Um, but I, 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 I've got a map for everybody of the nations. And in future weeks, I'm going to give you these maps where we can pray over the nations. And I was just thinking what would happen if instead of it being, uh, I, let me consider that, David, and think about if I really want to, if I really want to give nine minutes a day. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, like, there's something in our hearts that we've got such an abundance of things. And we go, I don't know if I could decrease nine minutes of scrolling to pray in intercession. I don't know if I could take nine minutes of uh, letting go of ESPN radio while I drive. I don't know if I could, if I could sleep nine minutes less, or I don't know if I'd be willing to, um, to not consume media content on streaming platforms for nine minutes at night in order to pray. But, but what, what, would it ha- what, would it, what would it take for that to be just, how many of you would be willing to do that? And it's just a, like, it's just, it's just like, of course, and I'm not saying that any kind of shame. I'm just saying like I live in a culture where I, I, I'm putting this for myself. What do I have to believe? What, 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 how, how do I have to think? What kind of revelation would I have to have to where an hour a week, one out of 168, one hour a week was a quick, yeah. I wanna labor in the spiritual realm. I, I, I wanna give Give some time, like calendar time, like nine minutes to believe in God in prayer. So um, I was looking at Jesus this week and just looking at the way that Jesus prayed. And I don't see Jesus guilted into prayer. You know, it's not like Jesus, oh, some of the things I think we think, oh, I feel guilty, I should pray. Or maybe fear, oh, maybe, you know, God will be mad at me, so I'm, I'm afraid. Or maybe there's pressure. Oh, the preacher is like screaming about this. Now I feel pressure, Right? I don't see that in Jesus, but what I see in Jesus is this delight. And, it's, and as I read this, I, I just felt like it's really connected to his relationship with his father. Like he's always talking about his father. The father seems to be like his favorite subject. When you just read, you know, in the gospel of John, he's so often just talking about his father. And prayer kind of flows pretty easily because of this relationship with his father. So what would you and I have to believe? What would we have to change? What would you have to tweak to where... Prayer flowed out of us just as a delight. I just want to give you a little Bible and look at the life of Jesus. I just want you to see how much he's praying. Luke 3, 21. As he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Luke 6, Jesus is selecting his disciples and it says one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So all night. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. And this is when he's with his disciples, Luke 9, 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked. In the fam- famous moment, Mount of Trans- Transfiguration, Luke chapter nine. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John with him and went up a- on a mountainside to pray. And as he was praying, the appear- his appearance, sorry, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Then you've got Garden of Gethsemane. This is in his moment of about to endure suffering in Luke 22, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. And here it is to the father, father, if you are willing, take this cup from me yet, not my will, but yours be done. It's intriguing how many of us uh, uh, give up on prayer because um, our will is not done. And so we're mad at God. But here's Jesus saying, yet not my will be done, but yours be done. Oh God. Luke uh, uh, 23, here he is on the cross. And many times when we are in uh, physical pain or emotional pain, 
um, cursing comes out of our mouths or rage at God. And here's Jesus on the cross and prayer to his father. He, he talks to his father, father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Luke 23, verse 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. So here's Jesus, prayers just kind of flow from him. Prayers in the beginning of his ministry, prayers at the end. Actually, in Luke 2, one of my favorites, only because I was a youth pastor for 20 years, is Luke chapter 2 when he says, he's 12, and he says, did you not know I would be in my father's house? He loves to talk about his father. He's close to his father. It, when he's in trials and difficulty, he talks to his father. When he's, when he's pursuing ministry, his father. And I was just thinking, what would need, how, how, could we, how could we have a relationship with our father where we're nine minutes a day, where we would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to labor in the spiritual realm for the sake of people's eternity. We believe that heaven and hell are realities. Our prayers really matter. What we pray makes a difference. And so we're going to intentionally give the days that we have or the minutes that we have or the hours that we have to spend some calendar time or some time uh, in our, with our prayer journal or sometime while we run or sometime while we lift or sometime while we're driving. Sometime. It's actually one of the things about intercession is you can memorize it and you can actually be doing something that doesn't necessarily take all your attention so that you can give your heart and your thoughts to prayer. What could that be? Like, what could that look like? And I was thinking about um, a couple of years ago, a relationship that I had that was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was just kind of there. And then I got this little bit of revelation, a little bit of knowledge I didn't have. And, and, and the relationship shifted to where just that tweak, just that revelation helped me to see the relationship in a new way. And that's my prayer for you today. What could you see about your father? Paul prays this in Ephesians 1. When he's speaking of his father as glorious. How could you see? How could I see? How could I see the father as glorious to where I get just a little bit of more revelation to where there's the want to? Yeah. Instead of the, yes, watch the next episode and the next episode and the next episode. Or, yes, I'll scroll some more and then I'll get a new vision for um, another ma master class or a new vision for... In all the abundance of things, and I love the fact that we have an abundance of things available to us. I'm not saying those things are bad. What I am saying is if those become a substitute for you laboring in prayer for what lasts for eternity, then it could be your worst enemy. Because you want to give your life to what matters. You want to give your life to what makes a difference. And all too often, we're giving our time and our attention to things that just will not last for eternity. But if we were able to come back and say, Father... Give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Or Paul says, the glorious father that I might know you better. And I look at the way that Jesus interacted with his father and I thought, ah, oh, what, if, what if we had just, what if we could just see it differently? What if we could just see it from a different angle? What if we could just see God in such a way that that little bit of revelation opens up our hearts to want to pray? James says in James 1.17, he calls him the, the, the father of heavenly lights. I just find the glorious father from Paul. And then James, he says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So he's not changing. He hears our prayers. And you look at the way that I, I just see Jesus engaging with him. And I won't, I, I'm just asking God to do something today with even if there was 15 people in this room and, and your, your, your habit 
changed or your formation changed. I think many of us think, hey, if I could just hear more content, I'll bring trans- it'll bring transformation. Actually, the habit that you form with God in prayer will bring far more transformation than a song that you listen to or a sermon that you hear. But in that place of formation, even if it's nine minutes of prayer, you will watch over time, God start to give you his heart for things. You'll watch just though, even, even if it's nine minutes, because whatever you start to pray for, you start to care about. So, so, so no matter how you were to divide up those nine minutes, some of you would start to pray, okay, God, we've got a dream. We've got a dream to see uh, our children know God. And so, or some of you start to pray for teenagers, or some of you start to pray for Kansas City. Uh, and you would, and, or maybe you start to pray for the people at your business, or maybe you start to pray uh, for the nations. Whichever kind of prayer target you pick, you'll watch God do more in your affection, in your heart, than anything that even a TED talk on the will do. It's amazing because God works supernaturally, gives you supernatural love. So it's what happens is in that place, God puts what's in His heart into your heart, and so that that place of intercession starts to be a place of transformation, starts to be a place where I care. So sometimes you'll see people that pray and they've got emotion to things you don't have emotion for. And you think they're crazy, they're Looney Tune, right? But oftentimes, that's partly true. What happens is, is that they're not looking just, there's got, they've got some spiritual things that God has done. And so they see it different, they feel it different. And so, I want us to look not just at what Jesus' lifestyle, but let's take a look at the way he taught on prayer. Because these are the things that he taught that he wanted us to know. And maybe if we not only see his example, but we see what he taught, it will help each of us pray like he prayed. So one thing I want you to see is just this. The, he, here, I want to talk about his father and, and how, what he taught about his father. Because over and over again, he talks about how the father hears us. But I want you to see this moment that John gives us into his own relationship with his father. So the first idea is the father hears our prayers. But in Luke 11, listen to this story. It's the famous story of Lazarus where um, Jesus calls out Lazarus out of the grave. But look at this, verse 41. So they took, uh, the stone, took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And this is the one that's fun. And I knew that you always hear me. Huh. Uh, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing there, that they may believe that you sent me. And then the famous moment, Lazarus, come forth. All right. If you remember Carmen from the 80s, I command you, come forth. It's like he was saying sickness, be healed. Now I'm sorry, okay, I'm just having fun. Be moved when he said Lazarus. All right, anyway. But I just want you to see this. Father, I thank that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. I just, I just imagine, it's almost like we get a little intimate moment between the son with the father, second person of the Trinity, first, looks at him and says, I knew that you always hear me. I think if that conviction went deep into our bones, it would affect nine minutes, feels, oh, just the beginning. I could, I could give my time to that. Uh, your, your, your time does matter for eternity. It's, it's more than just your portfolio. And it's more than just your comfort. Those precious minutes that you have to dialogue with God. If D.L. Moody can labor in prayer for people's names in his pocket. Imagine if you took out your phone and you had a list of people that you were believing God for. The thing about prayer is that prayer is uh, in secret. 
It's unglamorous. It's a form of laboring. And many of us don't do it because we've got accusation, pain, disappointment. But a life of faith is choosing the words of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the life of Jesus, even when you cannot see to the end. When you, when, you, when, when you are in the challenging time and the circumstance is difficult, but if your prayer life is built upon circumstance, circumstance it's on sand. We're building on the rock. And if you look at Jesus' example and Jesus' words, you'll build on the rock. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus, uh, he told us to ask and to seek and to knock. Jesus told us that our father hears our prayers. And Jesus also tells us, not only does, does the father hear us, but the father gives good gifts to those that ask. Famous Matthew 7 text in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, you will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's a good giver. He gives good gifts. And then he's saying, even you fathers, you know how to give good, you want to give good gifts. How much more? So if you believe in your bones, conviction, I can't, I can't see all the ways that God is at work, but I believe that he hears and I believe that he gives good gifts. The enemy will come to you and say, nope, God gives stones and snakes. He does not give bread and fish. But Jesus said he gives bread and fish. You come before him. I can't. God, this feels like the absence of good gifts. But I trust in God. I walk by faith. This is not the end. Life is but a mere breath. Eternity lasts forever. And so God in the midst of this tragedy, God in the midst of this disappointment, God in this midst where it does not feel like I'm getting what I'm asking. And then you're believing God. You're, you're believing that he hears and that he gives good gifts. And it is the life of faith. Uh, I don't know how many fathers out there are like me where you're just a cheap dad. I'm a cheap dad. Unashamedly, I'm a cheap dad. I was with my kids this week and uh, I have four teenagers, 19, 17, 16, 13. Stopped at a burger joint, no cheese. Why? Cheese is a dollar. You, you, no cheese for you, right? I'm not doing cheese. Not, that would be $4 for y'all's cheese. Uh-uh, no, I'm not doing that. No, no sodas. We do water around here. Let's, let's, let's go. Cheap dad, right? Justice, I know your voice is changing. You're three inches taller than me, but you're getting a kid's meal anyway. Cause you know what you go, I mean, you, you tracking with me. Okay. Some of us take that view and we put that on God. He's a little, maybe he's a little stingy like my dad. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's no, he, 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 he is the one. We know the verse, the cattle on a thousand hills. We know, we know that he's the one that is generous. We know that he wants to give good gifts. We know that the, he's the one that just, whew, breathes and he can create the heavens and the earth. We know that he, he is infinite in what he has to offer. It's, it's more than we can imagine. He's not stingy. He has good gifts. David, are you gonna start preaching prosperity gospel? No, but I will tell you this. I have lived in the goodness of God and he loves to give good gifts to those that ask. And if you don't ask, you won't receive like those that ask. And sometimes there's a little pop on earth and sometimes it's treasures in heaven. Either way, he's better than you can imagine. Either way, he's a good giver and he loves to give good gifts. And so you sing that song with the confession, I have lived in the goodness of God. It is, there are some moments where it is, it is only walking by faith. 
because you're in the pain and the dark night of the soul. And then there's some moments where you go, no, this is my story. And this is my song, praising my savior because he is good. He's been good to me. And so I want to invite us to take these moments that we've got and believe he hears. He gives good gifts. He hears, he gives. And this is the other thing that Jesus teaches that I'm just saying, if you believe these, if we get these deeply embedded in us, I believe we'll have a praying culture and I believe God will use the, the fiery prayers of the saints to have a gospel witness in the city. Matthew 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, Jesus, favorite subject, his father. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Not glorious, not applauded, hidden. I know this sounds a little cheesy, but I was telling Renata, we were driving last night and I said, Renata, I, sometimes I feel like prayer is like the opposite of social media. Because <laughs> I feel like, Prayer is slow, but social media is instant. Prayer is private, but social media is public to the whole world. Prayer is humility. I just want to be with you, Father. And social media is everybody look at me. And I think that we live in an age where if you would decrease nine minutes of social media, according to the study I read, some, many Americans will spend two hours a day Imagine if you took nine minutes. David, but I don't feel like it. I want to invite you to live according to your conviction rather than your emotions. I want to invite you to believe the words of Jesus in the letters and read and say, this is what Jesus says. And so because Jesus said it, he is the one who saved me. And he's a rewarder. And you will find yourself not in a little bit of a quandary, nine minutes a day. Should I raise my hand? And I'm not trying to be legalistic and I'm not trying to be shamed, be shameful. I'm just trying to invite us to see it from a different angle to where we go, of course, of course. So the story of Adil Moody becomes your story. So for me, I know I've, I've got three. I've got three people I'm believing God for right now. They're on my list. And I've been praying for these three for a long time. I want to invite you to have one, two, three, Adil Moody, a hundred. But, but what could you do? How, who could you pray for? Who could you come up to the prayer chapel one day and just be like, I have been laboring in prayer in that place. It's like a war room where I just keep asking God. Of course, it could be in your car. It could be, it, it, it can, it can be as you jog around the neighborhood. I, I, don't, I don't care about the place, but I, I do think there's something, and I've said this before, I just think there's something beautiful about having a place that we say, God, we give you our first and our best and we're gonna pray there. Now I wanna invite you to just think about what would it look like for you? There's devotional prayer where you're just working on your relationship with God. I love that. Today, I'm talking about nine minutes out of the overflow. This, this, this relationship with God is intimate and strong. And because you care about those people, you know, Paul's always doing the epistles where he's, I, I, I pray for you. I long for you. Sometimes he says, I even pray. I'm in the, I'm in the pains of childbirth. I don't even know if Paul should say that because I'd be in trouble. But anyway, but like that's, he's trying to put the idea. I'm laboring for you. And when we start to pray, for people, we start to care for the people that we pray for like, like Paul did. I was thinking about just this idea of how much they matter. And in Revelation 5, we find two th at least two things that we, we read about that God collects. One of them is in Revelation 5, we read that he collects the prayers of the saints. So, and it's in a bowl. And I just think that's incredible. Just to imagine, okay? So D.L. Moody praying every day for 100 people. 
Fill the bowl, fill the bowl, fill the bowl, fill the bowl, fill the bowl. Psalm 56, eight says that he collects, here's the second thing. He collects your tears. That's encouraging to those of you that are walking through a tragedy. That's encouraging for all of us that have ever experienced something that we're saying, how is this even true? How could this disastrous thing happen to me? And you've wept. Paul actually says that he prays in tears. The Puritans asked for the gift of tears. It's very easy when it comes to prayer to not have a tender heart, to have a heart of stone instead of a heart of flesh. But in the place of prayer and intercession over time, hidden, unseen, asking God, you'll find your heart becoming more and more tender towards God and the things of God. And I wanna invite you to labor in prayer. I wanna invite you. I'm just aiming at a whole church. There's some of you that you, there's some of you that like this is, you know, easy and this is what you love. And others of you, like you love evangelism and other of you, you know, love gifts of service and lots of, but I am, for me, this is like an all play. Mom, remember how we said all play, Pictionary, when we were kids? This is an all play. This is, this is I, I, my dream is all of us go nine minutes. Like all of us go, all right, I can give nine minutes a day. I got 60 a week, maybe, and, and, and have people that you pray for. Um, and I'm just excited about this prayer chapel and, Next week, I'm gonna talk about the, the lobby and I'm gonna talk about being a fellowship and encouraging one each other. And, but today, I just wanna, I wanna both conclude the Praying Church series as well as start the new one. Because I believe this is gonna be a sacred space that we pray. And I believe that common, ordinary places, when the people of God labor in prayer, become holy. God at work, God in here. God at work, Holy Spirit inside of us. And we gather and we pray. When I was a youth pastor, I did a youth pastor gathering at our church. We had a hundred and something youth pastors come and I'll never forget a guy coming and he said, David, uh, I've been praying for the teenagers in Louisiana and I left my tears on your carpet. His phrase was, I stained your carpet with my tears. You know, Psalm 126 where it says, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. It's that idea. He was saying, I labored in prayer. I cried out. I prayed for the teenagers. The only re- Nobody else in that room cared about the teenagers in Louisiana, except for the guy who's been praying for him and laboring for them. Laboring in prayer and then laboring by day. Working hard to see them come to know Jesus. D.L. Moody, I don't think the secret to 30,000 people gathering or the secret to his evangelism was D.L. Moody's ability to have a big mailing list or social media accounts. I think it was that prayer list, crying out to God. I can't imagine the delight to be D.L. Moody and enter into heaven one day, and it just so happens that the hundred people you prayed for are with you in heaven. I just wonder what it would look like if you and I gave ourselves. And you decide, God, I want a relationship with the Father. Take off the accusation, the anger, the disappointment, the rage, the reason, any reason why the enemy can get you to just stop praying. Open up my eyes to see again. Help me see God so that then help me to pray, to labor in the spiritual realm, to voluntarily forgo some of the things you could spend your time on in order to talk to a God that hears every prayer, that gives more than you could imagine. 
and that rewards. I took my kids to um, Oklahoma City. Renata and I were going to just show them where we were teenagers. And when uh, we went to show them some of the places that we had done life, uh, you know, they, they didn't care like I thought they'd care. You know, it was like, <laughs> guys, I took them to like where I went to college. It says, this is where I got my undergrad. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's a building, right? Like, when they're sweet, but they just, Renata and I are like, oh, remember this, remember that. They don't care. I took them to Brahms. Like, this is, the, this is the glory cloud down here in the south. Like, this is where we do ice cream down here. That was the only thing they cared about. They were like, this is Dees, this is Dees. But then I, I, I took them to um, my junior high. And um, it was the only place I got emotional, as you can imagine. Pulled over to the side, we drove around, because in the back area, there's the football fields, and then there's this back area where there's like this wood shop area. That was the place where we, in ninth grade, had prayer meetings Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Had a Bible study in another room on Wednesdays. But I led a prayer meeting with some friends Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And that was a space where my heart got so connected to God. And that was a space where I started to see people as souls that matter, as opposed to just kids I was trying to be cool in front of. I'd already given up on that. That was the place where my friend learned a worship song. And we sang that same song every day. Lord, I lift your name on high. But the praises of God and the prayers of the saints turned a junior high wood shop room that smelled like junior high boys into, into a holy space. And I'm just dreaming that over the decades to come, that you and I will stain the carpet with our tears. That we'll give up some streaming videos, and give up some other things to fast and pray and believe God for your family members, for our neighborhoods, for this city, for people that have never heard. And I believe in God that there would be in our day the prayers of the saints exploding into a gospel witness in Kansas City. I wanna invite you just to bow your heads. and As our response today, we're gonna to partake of communion together. And so if you wanna go ahead and take the cup and the bread. If you need the elements, the ushers are available. Jesus, we come before you today. And we ask that you come transform us would you help us to pray like your example Holy Spirit come and help us be a people of prayer maybe you're in the room today and we partake of what we call believers communion it's people that have already said yes I'm going to follow Jesus I'm a believer and maybe today before we partake of communion you would say I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to believe. Jesus, all through the gospels, believe, believe. Maybe that's you today. Now I want to invite you even before we partake of this 
together. If you today would, you, you today could have somebody that you're seated next to and they, you've been on their prayer list for years. And today is the Holy Spirit working inside of your heart because God is at work inside of you. And today you would believe. If that's you, you wanna begin a journey as a follower of Jesus, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer at your seat. Say, Jesus, I believe. I give you my life. Save me and rescue me. Make me a new person. I give everything to you today. Change me. Give me new life in Christ. I begin life with God. In Jesus' name. If that was you today, you can join us right now. Jesus distributed this with his disciples in the upper room. Just before going to the cross, he said to do this in remembrance of him. So for the last 2,000 years, believers, those who believe that he is who he said he is, remember what he did for us on the cross. How he for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And Jesus, we remember you today as your body. Go ahead, take the bread. Take the cup. Jesus, we look to the lamb, the worthy lamb. We remember the lamb. Thank you that you died in our place for our sin. And we have new life in Christ. We give you honor. We revere you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Renata, you wanna join me? We're gonna take a moment and pray for our offerings. And I just want to thank you as Renata comes. I want to thank you for the way that you've been generously giving um, since the church started. So in the first month of the church, September of 2016, uh, uh, we took uh, 10% of what you gave and gave it to missions and then another 10% and we saved it for the day that we would uh, be able to buy a building. And turns out buildings cost a lot. Um, but over the course of these seven and a half years, I just wanna thank you because you've been so generous and, um, and really it's because of your generous giving that we've been able to get to a place now where we're able to, to receive and get this miracle building. And so thank you all for, for, for giving and we're gonna, Renata's gonna pray and, and then we'll, um, we'll sing and we'll give. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that we are your people. God, we thank you that every prayer that we pray matters. We thank you that you hold and count each one of our tears. Lord, we thank you for your great care for us. God, we ask, Lord Jesus, God, is that, God that this, this miracle, beautiful season that we're in right now, where we're looking into moving into our new building, Lord, in a month. Wow, look at what you have done. God, we rejoice in you, and I thank you, God, for every dollar that has been given up to this point. And God, today, we thank you that we get to be stewards 
of every dollar that we have. God, of our lives, we get to be stewards of all that you've given us. And today, we cheerfully and we gladly give back to you. God, we thank you that we get to be your sons and your daughters and our lives are in your hands. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you that we get to look forward to being in this new space next month. And God, we thank you that you, that you provide all that we need.